Hey Divas, we are so happy you joined us for today's podcast. We are three best friends on a mission to grow closer to God and encourage others to do the same. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more uplifting content throughout the week. Let us know if you have any topics you'd like to hear or if you have any prayer requests. We hope you enjoy the episode. And minutes of earthly discomfort beats an eternity of torture, <laughs> you know? When yeah. you think about it like that, like, I may be embarrassed because yeah. of myself for an hour, but... Yeah. I could that doesn't die in hellfire. <laughs> <laughs> so... continue our study on the women of the Bible, and um, we're going to look at a woman in Acts, um, and it's in Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 42, and I'll just read her story. Um, At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did, but it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room, and since Lydda was near Joppa, And the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. So, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of detail about Tabitha or Dorcas, however, um, you know, in in the Bible. It's a short story, um, but we can learn so much from her. Um, So some things that we know about her is that she was a disciple. So she was a follower of Jesus. Um, she knew Jesus, um, you know, and she was full of good works and she was full of charitable deeds. Um, and then we also know that she was a seamstress because, you know, when after she had died, um, the widows were there holding up the garments that she had made for them and given to them. Um, so, you know, Luke didn't, Luke is the one that wrote Acts and he didn't have to really explain in detail about this woman. Um, just from that first verse that we're given there in 36, you know, we we learn that she is a kind, humble, um, you know, she's a giver, she's a helper, a servant, you know, and she just loved people. Like, you can just gather that from one verse of the Bible, you know, about this woman. Um, and so what was interesting to me, so I really focused on that first verse. And what was really interesting is when I was looking at that verse, um, I like to do this sometimes. I go to, like, Bible Hub and and just see like the Greek translation for it because it's written in Greek. So um, just to kind of understand, you know, why the words were used um, used there. Um, so in 36 it says, you know, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds. And so the word full of in Greek is pleiris. I think I'm saying it right. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we're just going to go with it. Um, and so it also shows on Bible Hub like where else in the Bible that word is used. And so in Luke 4, verse 1, 
it says, then Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we know that that's not kind of full of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, I mean, he was completely full, you know. Um, and then John 1, 14, talking about the Father, says, full of grace and truth. And we also know, just as the same as Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit, the Father is full, completely full of grace and truth. Um, and there's some other examples of it. So this word that's used in that um, verse talking about her charitable deeds and good works is not just like hey, every now and then she did something good or, you know, when she had time, she um, would stop and, you know, give a garment to a widow or something, you know, um, because like we exaggerate words like that. Um, like if I ask Jason, like, do we have, you know, a, do we have milk? He'll be like, yeah, it's full. I go in there. It's like half, you know, <laughs> half a gallon of milk in there. Um, it's just what we do. We just um, exaggerate words like that. Um, but we know that this word here that, um, that you know, Luke used is not an exaggeration. Um, this woman dedicated her life, you know, to help others and to give. And she dedicated her, you know, used her talents to, to help others and to show others God's love. And I just thought that was so powerful, you know, um, about her. So what do y'all have about that story? Um, I think one other thing that struck me besides, you know, her being full of good works was um, just the fact that she was raised from the dead because, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously know she was a, we know she was a good person. She did great things, um, but they didn't, the apostles didn't just go around raising every Christian that died from the dead. That's not what they were there. <laughs> That's not what they were there. Just like, oh, a Christian has died. We have to raise from the dead. Yeah. The church a lot. Right. Know? Right. Um, if you join us, then you don't have to die. <laughs> right. That didn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, so I think the fact that she was is a huge, you know, tale about her. I mean, obviously it was done for God's glory. It was a sign because they did do miracles to mm -hmm. show God's glory. And like, like you read, you know, many believe because it was known throughout. Um, but I think a reason she may have been picked to be raised from the dead out of, you know, many other Christians at the time um, was because she was doing such good things for the church. Um, you know, when I was thinking about like um, in the past when I've done good deeds for people or, you know, um, different things, I was thinking about like, why did I do those things? Um, you know, and a lot of times it wasn't the reason that it should have been. Um, so I'll just tell you a couple of them. Um, you know, first, the first one I thought of was like, you know, I had time to do it. You know, so many times I've taken, I've, um, I've used the excuse of, I don't have time to do this right now. You know, like I see somebody in need, but I really don't have time today. You know, I got to keep on going. And it's not so much that I'm doing it like harshly. It's just, I think, oh, I wish I could do that, but I've got to be here, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I do that so often. Um, and it's not so much that I put it as a priority to help and serve others than is guilt. Um, you know, I, I would hear of other women who was doing, you know, such amazing things for people. Um, and, you know, I felt guilty in my heart and I thought, wow, you know, like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, you know, when was the last time I've done anything? Um, and so that guilt kind of, um, persuaded me to do something good and then once I did that I felt better so it was almost like I just did that deed to ease my guilt and not so much like 
to form it in my heart to where I was just always looking for, you know, ways to serve people. Um, I mean, I definitely have struggled with the same thing. You know, I, I typically, my personality, I have a lot of good ideas, but I'm not necessarily good at executing them. So, you know, if someone else has a project going, I'm, I love helping with them. But as far as like initiating projects, it's not one of my strengths. Mm -hmm. um, so I can definitely relate to that of like, you know, once everyone else is doing something, you know, I'll be happy to, to join in, but it may be outside of my comfort zone to actually seek out something to do. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was thinking about Tabitha and like, you know, she's really spoke to me and she's really, um, you know, changed a lot of the ways I've thought about things and um, reminded me of some things that, you know, ways that I want to be. Um, and she's really got me fired up, you know. Um, and so, you know, I want to be like Tabitha. How can you be like Tabitha? Um, and so I think first of all is the attitude that she had. You know, we really got to change our attitude on how we view helping others. Um, you know, Tabitha had that zealous attitude. You know, such a fancy word. I love that word. But, um, you know, she was, she was just excited to, to um, help others, it seemed, you know, um, to be that light to others. Um, you know, excited is a word, enthusiastic, passionate, um, you know, and I'll read a verse that kind of goes along with that where um, Paul is talking. I should have read it in there, but Titus is such a hard book to find, too. <laughs> okay, there it is. Okay, Titus 2.14 says, Jesus gave himself for us that we might redeem us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself, his own special people, zealous for good works. So I thought that was a good verse that goes along with this because Jesus died on the cross, you know, for us to be able to come to him and know him and, you know, um, be baptized and, you know, become new and be his own special people, you know, and then it says zealous for good works. You know, once we become that, his special people, you know, we need to be excited to do those good deeds. Um, like I think Tabitha was, um, you know, the second is looking for opportunity. Um, you know, Tabitha saw, you know, that she was good at making clothes. And since she was good at that, she did that and gave them to other people. Matthew chapter 25, um, uh, Jesus is talking about um, how on the judgment day, he's going to divide the, the sheeps and the goat. And um, how, you know, to the, the sheep, he's going to say, you know, I was sick and you cared for me. You visited me while I was in prison. You gave me food. You gave me clothes. You did all these things for me. You know, come and enter heaven. And so then he's going to turn to the goats and said, you didn't do all those things for me. And they, they say, when did we see you like that? You know, we don't remember that. And Jesus is like, anytime you saw anybody doing you know, that was sick or hurting or hungry and you didn't care for them, you, you ignored me, basically, you know, that's completely paraphrasing. Kind of a big point that I kind of pulled from the story um, was, you know, what kind of legacy are we leaving behind us? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and how do we, how are we measuring our life to leave that 
good legacy. You know, do we look at the number of days we have on earth and think, you know, if I live till I'm 90 or 100, you know, I've made it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live till 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or we, do we measure our life, which this is probably the most common is like accumulating material things. Mm -hmm. And I'm just as guilty because I love clothes mm -hmm. and jewelry and anything yeah. nice. And I just bought a new car. So, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we Material things is, a, is obviously a big one. Um, you know, do we measure a lot compared to other people? Which we've talked about comparison a lot on here, but I think it's because we think that girls struggle with that a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, our life is a reflection of the things that we love. So if you're loving spiritual things, then you're going to have spiritual acts. You know, like Dorcas, she lived a spiritual life, so she had good deeds. And which was shown, you know, after she had died, you know, those deeds came back. She had, like Marina mentioned, the widows there showing, look what she did for us. You know, we're going to miss this person because she did so much to help us. Um, if we love worldly things, then we're going to have, you know, selfish and unspiritual acts. You know, and if Dorcas had lived, like, for the world, um, then she would have had those people there widows you know crying over her and other people i'm sure in the city and peter probably wouldn't have raised her from the dead and we wouldn't have her story in acts you know something i thought was interesting about tabitha is you know i told you that one little line was really powerful and i really you know really spoke to me um and there's other people in the bible that has those one-liners that are just like man you know those people are awesome and Enoch was one of them in Genesis 5:24, um, which he was Noah's great grandfather. Um, it says he walked with God, and Enoch was. That's like all it says about Enoch. He walked with God, and God took him to heaven. Like that's all you know. Like wow, what an awesome human being you know he was. Um, and then Noah in Genesis 6:9 says he was a just man, so he was righteous, always looking to do what was right. And um, it also says that he walked with God. And like Abraham and James 2, 23, it says he was a friend of God. Um, and there's so many more, you know, in the Bible like that. And of course, to, you know, our story today about Tabitha, how she was full of good works and good charitable deeds. I want to be known, my God, that I walked with him. You know, I want to be known as someone who was just and righteous and always looking to do, you know, the right thing. Um, you know, I want to be a friend of God. Um, and I also want to be full of good works and good charitable deeds. And, you know, I just hope after today's lesson, you know, you're as fired up as um, we are about it. And, um, you know, want to try to be to be like those people and especially like Tabitha today that we studied. We just want you to always remember to be kind, be humble, and be full of good works. Bye. Bye.